Won't hold you all too long this morning. I know we've got cake to get to, and if any of you all are like my four-year-old, you're not going to hear our word I said after cake. But today, if you would turn to your Bible, to the book of Luke, or your phones, or however you would like to access the scriptures, the book of Luke, and we're going to deal with chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 32. Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 32, and I'm reading from the NIV version, maybe a little different than what you are reading from. Luke chapter 2, verse 25, and it reads as thus, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. Father God, we look to you right now, asking for you to prepare us, prepare our hearts, prepare our minds to receive the message that you have designed for us today. May these scriptures speak to us. May we see how you are moving in our lives so that we can draw closer to you and do more according to your will. For us. Lord, I ask that you consecrate me now by the power of your grace so divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope and let my will be lost in thine. It's in the wonderful and matchless name of Jesus we pray. Amen. 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 Are we there yet? Heard that before? Are we there yet? No, haven't heard that. Have some kids. You'll hear it. Popular theme when I'm driving from the backseat drivers that I'm usually chauffeuring around. And my usual answer is no. Because if you just say no, they'll stop asking. Or at least that's my thought. Because yes just means we're almost there, so how come we're not there, Dad? It's been two seconds. So no, but many of us find ourselves kind of in that situation. We're in the back seat of our lives, feels like someone's driving us around, trying to get to where we want to get to, but not quite there yet. And maybe in your subtle moments, in your private time, you're saying, are we there yet? No. no. 
Well, luckily, God is not me. <laughs> so his answer is not going to be like my answer. But he does have an answer for that. And if we didn't spend as much time trying to get to where we're trying to get to, or on the flip side of that, as much time looking back over all the mistakes we made and the regrets we have, and things that we did or didn't do, if we just were in the moment, something would happen. Because in, in the moment, like right now, right in this second, we are here in a beautiful church on a beautiful Sunday, hopefully with people you consider friends, somewhat family. And right here, right now, in this moment, I think we could all say things are good. I didn't say they were perfect. I didn't say things couldn't be better. Couldn't want to work some things out. But right here, we're all healthy. We're here. Able-bodied. Good minds. Hopefully you understand what I'm saying. As Liz says, don't get too intellectual. Don't get too intellectual. So we are in a good place. And if we had that kind of gratitude, what a wonderful world this would be. I had the privilege this morning of picking up my brother Brody, and we were riding in, and you know, we're just chatting it up. And he said something to me. He said, you know, I started a gratitude book. I was like, a gratitude book? What's that about? He's like, yeah, a friend of mine. Hope you don't mind me sharing much gratitude. He said, a friend of mine, you know, told him, you know, why don't you get a gratitude book, man, and just put down the things that you're thankful for. We spend so much time dealing with the things we don't like that we neglect the simple things. You know what he said was the first thing in his book? The light that comes through the window every morning. I mean, that's a freebie. I didn't have to work for that. But it's those little things like that where we can find not just a gratitude, not just an appreciation, but we find God in the simplicity, in the peace, in the presence of right now, in this moment. And so as we look at the scripture, I want to look how God uses right now when we focus on just where we are how he uses that to build us. And the three things I want to touch on are first, building our character. And secondly, is building trust. And finally, it's not a build. Sorry, Kelly. Kelly likes me to keep them all consistent. But it's, it's up to you is the last one. It's up to you. See, we look in the scripture, not always talked about, but we find Mary and Joseph heading into the temple to consecrate their firstborn son. This is a big deal. You know, we do our christening when we have our babies. Well, you know, Jewish custom, firstborn is a big deal. 
Firstborn son, even bigger deal. And so this is a sacred day for them to bring in their child. This child who Elizabeth said was the Savior, was sent by God, who the angels told Mary, we are going to deliver to you a Savior. So this firstborn son, they're taking to the temple in Jerusalem. And she had to wait. Something, a little interesting footnote, is they had to wait 40 days after the birth for a time period of purification. Mary had to be purified from her birth before she could enter the temple with the baby. And I find that interesting because that number 40, we find that throughout the Bible. And it usually deals with some kind of tribulation, testing period. If you remember that Jesus was in the desert, 40 days, right? That's an easy one to remember. But also from the period of the resurrection to Jesus' ascension, 40 days. Moses went up to Mount Sinai to receive the law, 40 days. So it's an interesting number that right here also we find the birth of the Savior, and from that period to his consecration in the temple is this 40-day period, a time, in this case, of purification. And we have to go through a kind of purification in our lives. I feel like life is one big purge of purifying us from this fleshly existence, from our understanding of what it means to be human, to understanding what God is doing for us, that we are more than just a human, that we are part of humans being a spiritual being called by God, invested by God. We are part of his purpose, not just our own idea, but his idea as well. And so we find them coming into the temple and they meet a very interesting man, Simeon. And Simeon is called in the Bible, they call him a righteous and devout man. I was telling Liz this week, she's like, what are you preaching on, Pastor? You know, what's the pastor trying to get the songs together? And I said, well, I'm talking about Simeon. You know, and Simeon is in the temple, and I'm, I could see where she was thinking. She's like, oh, yeah, I bet he probably was a bad guy that got healed. I was like, no, yeah, he was a righteous man. Wasn't one of those stories. I mean, we love that one, right? Because we relate. Right? When I, we bring up the guy who was horrible, the harlot, the thief, the robber, we're like, yeah, yes, if they can make it, then God bless. But here is a righteous man, a good man, virtuous, principled. A moral man. And most importantly, a God-fearing man. And I know this because it says righteous and devout. And that word devotion is not used in our vernacular anymore. We don't talk about being devoted to things. We might say committed. right? We might, we might say um, we, we persevere on things. But this idea of devotion means you believe in something so much you've pretty much given your life over to it. Maybe we could compare it to 
a marriage, some job that you really enjoy, you put in all your years into, you've shown up every day, accountable, devotion. This is part of being righteous. And something in this day and age that I feel is, is, is lost a bit because we don't have to be devoted anymore. As a matter of fact, it's the opposite. It's better if you can just jump around and do what you like. I know a friend of mine, he's had about four jobs in the last six months. And not because he's not a good guy or he can't work, but because there's so much opportunity, he can just go online, find another place. If it seems better for him, he goes there because he does all his work through the internet. So this idea of being devoted, sticking to something, even when you don't necessarily like what's happening, but because we are committed to it, because we love it, we're devoted to it. So this kind of man comes up and sees the baby, grabs him in his arms. Now I'm sure Mary and Joseph were like, hey, 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 wait a minute. This is my baby. And as a matter of fact, if it was my family, he wouldn't have got within five feet of the baby because our kids were all tucked up. You got them in the cradle and they got blankets on top of blankets on top of blankets when they go in public. But they knew that this man at this time, at this place in the temple, in the moment of consecration, that God was working. And just as it keeps saying in the scripture that the Holy Spirit was on him, the Holy Spirit moved him. Well, I imagine the Spirit moved Mary and Joseph to understand what was happening. And so this man, this righteous man, God built a character in him. And I know God built a character in him because he waited his whole life for this moment. God told him many, many years before, that you would not die until I showed you my Savior, until the Messiah comes. Now, if we had some kind of inkling like that at a young age, and some of us have something like that, oh, I'm going to be a great singer when I grow up. I want to be like Michael Jackson. Okay, maybe that was just me. Well, you know, pick one. But then we give up on those things. Life happens, things happen. But here's this man, had a clear word from God, that he would see his Messiah, that he would see the Savior in his life before he died. Yes. And when he saw him, he knew it. There was no doubt. He didn't have to wonder. He didn't pick every kid that came through. You're the one. He knew this was the one. And God built his character up over that time to help him so he was a righteous man. He was devout, showing up to the temple, being accountable, being there, because he knew that God's promises were true. He didn't have to doubt. And so we have to have that kind of character. That when God has put something in us, don't give up on it. Don't think just because it didn't show up today, 
or last week or last year, that is not going to happen. God doesn't break his promises. We have to trust in what God is doing. By trusting, we have to lean on his promises. Now, this was something given to me when I was a youth, when I wanted things real bad. And my father said to me, he said, well, you know, God makes promises. And if you lean on those promises, then they'll happen. Now, I just went way over my head. I didn't know, well, whatever, man. I'm going to work this thing out. I'm going to try to figure this out. But as I got older, I read scriptures. I understood a little more of what he was saying. Kind of like that he'll protect me. When he promised to David or to the psalmist that the Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. That's a promise. He promised he would help me that you who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. For he is your help and your shield. See, that's a, that's a promise that I lean on. That Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. See, when he says he's going to do it, he is going to do it. Maybe in his time, but it's going to happen. Lean on what he's saying. Have faith and trust. If we are faithless, here it is, even if we are faithless, he remains faithful. Why? Because he cannot deny himself. We are his. He is in us. We are in him. So for him to deny us is to deny himself. He can't do that. See, we have leverage. But we have to know the scriptures. Simeon was a righteous man. He was devout. Why? Because he understood God's not going to lie to me. So I'm going to show up. Because one day the Messiah is walking through that door. And then I get to go to heaven. Now see, some of us may look at that and say, man, I'd be running from the church. I don't want to die. I don't want to find him. And that's what we usually do. I know I did. I ran from my call. God put it on me at a young age. Oh, I ran from that thing. No, what do you mean I don't want to do that? That doesn't look fun. I've watched that. It's not a good thing. Well, you can run. What do you say? But you can't hide. And eventually it's going to come around. So why not just face it on? Just accept it. Look, I have a teenager right now. I'm trying to get her to accept things. It's coming around. But that's what we do. And that's okay. Because God is a loving God. And he understands our struggles. He understands our journey as human beings. He understands that we're going to go through our own dramas, our highs, our lows, self-inflicted wounds, Doubt, self-incrimination. He knows that we're going to be dramatic about it because that's who we are. But he also knows that at some point 
the hero's journey comes full circle. And there is this thing called the hero's journey. Every movie, you think I'm lying, every movie goes by the same format. You're introduced to the hero. You see him at the beginning of the movie. There he is, or she. And within the first 10 minutes of that story, I promise you, check any movie, within the first 10 minutes, something's gonna happen to that character that has never happened to them before. They are gonna be put into a situation that they've never been in. And then this is gonna happen. Test me. They're going to deny whatever it is the call is. They're gonna be in a situation to do something, to go somewhere, to help somebody, do something. And they're gonna say, no, nope, I'm going back home. I'm not dealing with any of this. And then you know what happens. No matter where they run, they get set on this journey. This path happens to them. And when it comes full circle, and this happens too. There comes a moment where they have to face their nemesis. They have to face the thing that they fear the most. They have to go into the dark cave, go into the house, the scary, spooky, whatever it is. They have to face this thing that they've been running from their whole life. Why? Because only by facing it, can they go beyond it and get past it? So you're all heroes. I say this all the time. We're just Clark Kent's walking around, scared to be Superman. But God is calling us, even if you don't think you're righteous, you don't think you're devout, God is still calling you to hold in his faith, to have trust in what he's doing in your life. And be sure that when you see the Messiah, you say, oh, I've seen him. I've seen him, Pastor. I'm not saying you haven't, but I mean an encounter again and again, a daily encounter, praying without ceasing, as Paul says where we are walking in that path and not getting on. Being in that place, we know that God is using us. And then we can sing the song of Simeon, that the sovereign Lord that you have promised that you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation. I can't help every time I read that but think of Martin Luther King in his last sermon. I mean, if that's not God, I don't know what proof you need. He said in that pulpit that my eyes have seen. I may not get there with you, but I know he was like Simeon. He had seen and he knew it was okay to go. Whatever it is, whatever your nemesis that you think's holding you back, you probably don't even know what it is. But I promise you this, 
if you devote your heart to Christ Jesus today, I mean devotion in the most traditional sense, love him with all your heart, all your mind, and all your strength, your soul, every being of your fiber, he won't fail you. He won't let you down. For he is able if we are willing to let him in. As the band comes, I challenge us all 